In today's episode, we hear from an HR specialist who was diagnosed as dyslexic at 32 years old and had to learn how to read all over again. You really want to check out her perspective. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the Do Zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. Profit is not an event. It's a habit. Mike Michalowicz. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and overall just a bunch of really amazing human beings looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. And our guest today is Brenda Neckbottle. And Brenda is a two-time best-selling author and international award-winning professional who is a specialist in crisis management, government contracting, HR, and unmanned aerial systems. Cool. She is a Navy SEAL community volunteer who devotes her time and energy to supporting veterans of naval special warfare. She spends 32 weeks out of the year working with the Honor Foundation to help transitioning special forces personnel. Brenda, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. All right, so <laughs> I thought about this. <clears throat> um, look, when you are a high-performing individual, you sometimes have to figure out where to cut some corners. So this is for all of the females that are out there listening to you right now. Get yourself a really awesome baseball collection, baseball hat collection, because when you're in a pinch and you can either do your hair or your makeup, do your makeup and throw a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> cutting corners that's right oh yeah it'll look cute it'll look great like work that ponytail and get a good hat <laughs> productivity hacking right there that's oh my that's gosh it. people have no idea how challenging it is for women it's like you know they they like go to the gym first thing in the morning it's like are you nuts do you know what we have to do to de-sweat after the gym and get ready <laughs> and look like this <laughs> are you crazy yeah. You're looking fabulous, by the way, though. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And I did notice the baseball cap. So maybe. Oh, you hell yeah. This gym, is not so. a hair day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I live. I'm living what I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You got to live that moment. It's cool. You know, and, uh, you know, it's not exactly cutting corners per se. Uh, what it is, is it's it's making strategic choices. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish I had you writing on my social media then. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's not cutting corners it's no, not at all strategic choice yeah that's right <laughs> and so and so brenda you are uh a, a staunch advocate of leveling up it's something that you talk about a lot you've got some books about it and, but what does that really mean to you and why is it so important leveling up means that you strip away every reason why you don't want to do something to get more that you dream about 
right now, I'm uh, personal story. I'm in a situation right now. It's not a horrible situation, but it's one that scares the ever living crap out of me. And the only way that I can resolve it is to strip away everything that I think I am that I, I don't like, don't want to do like a friend of mine, Brandon Brittingham, very, very well to do realtor in the mid Atlantic. He's got the most profound statement I've ever heard and that success is on the other side of the work that you're that you don't want to do. And that's what leveling up is. It's recognizing that it's something you don't want to do, but doing it means that you have something better in the long run. And it's going to task you, it's going to challenge you, <clears throat> but if you don't allow yourself to get in your own way, you will be amazed at what you accomplish on the other side. Well said. If you don't allow yourself to get in your own way, you will be amazed at what you can accomplish on the other side. And so what are some examples of uh, some leveling up that you've done throughout the years? I mean, because it, it, it didn't yeah. really start like that. You know, where, where, where did you come from and, and, and how did you end up where you are through these series of levels? Well, I think probably one of the biggest leveling ups that I did in my life was um, it was more innocent than it was anything else. See, I was, I grew up as a dyslexic, but didn't know it. I was undiagnosed until I was 32. And then I learned how to, I, I made the investment to learn how to reread as an adult. What, and what does that, oh, tell me about that. What does that take? That sucks. So what it does, it's the most humbling experience that I went through because the only person that you have to talk to is yourself. And for me, when I ran into a, a, like a sentence or a phrase that wasn't clicking in my head, I would open up a dictionary. I'm a slow reader to begin with. This just slowed down the process even more. I would open up a dictionary. I would look up the root words and because it was like, it just something wasn't jiving, right? But I could understand the context of what the author was saying in that sentence just by reading the root, the definition of the root words. And it's funny, what I learned is that People use words so wrongly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's not what that meant, you know? So it's like, did it really mean that way? So anyway, so it was awful. And, you know, every now and again, my brain kicks in and I, I start skipping beats like I used to. And just the other day, I was trying to like, what the hell is this person trying to tell me? So I went and I did my thing. I went, looked up the root words and I'm like, Okay, I think I got it. Now, now I get it. Yeah, I th I think I got it. Well, language is is such a challenging thing to master. I mean, first first and foremost, it's a it's a moving target. It's constantly moving. Uh, you know, words don't mean the same thing today that they did a year ago, let alone a hundred years ago. Mm -mm. Uh, and so that by itself is hard. And then understanding what people are saying and, and, and interpreting it differently. You know, I give my mom a hard time. Uh, she's, uh, we're from Kentucky and I was able to drop the accent. She was not. <laughs> and, uh, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, uh, I just didn't want to be that guy that sounded like that, you know, and like Kentucky, what state are you in now? Texas now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. So you get a, I get a little bit, I get a little bit of a pass for having the slight twang, but it's nothing like back home. <laughs> You've never no. been to Kentucky. You don't know. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, so just, just as an example, she picks up words and, 
they're not the words that people are saying, but it's like, ah, it kind of sounds like that. And she's like, yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> she just goes with it, you know? That's right. <laughs> you I know, and then that, language. and then that as a child, that comes into my vocabulary and then I start yeah. using it and then I start realizing I'm not saying this right. <laughs> I think, I don't think that's how you say it, mom. <laughs> no, but you know what? But think of, look at it this way too, is that not only do we learn what our parents said, we also learn the mindset. And so when you're like, when you're leveling up, you also have to get past what you were taught. I mean, I'm from, I'm from Northwest Pennsylvania. I'm from Erie, PA. That's where I grew up, born and raised, right? I, you know, we went back and forth to Hawaii my whole life. My dad's family's out there, but I, there was so much narrow mindset that I had to, to bypass. I mean, I saw a friend of mine from high school post the other day of the whole eighties. I don't know what it was about the seventies and eighties, but people in my hometown did not like Fords. And so it was always like this battle and competition. It's like, like you were either a Ford person and a complete idiot, or you were a Chevy person and the coolest thing on the planet. And I cannot believe to this day that somebody still posts about it from my hometown on Facebook. Like, oh, they must be a Chevy lover. I'm like, oh my God, really? Yeah. (laughs) You know, but that's, you know, well, going past what you know. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you did a great pivot there from our random conversation about uh, <laughs> about uh, language, because, you know, growing up in a small town in Kentucky, um, you know, and some 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 of those guys actually listen to my podcast. Thank you, by the way. Appreciate that. Um, but but a lot of them are just doing the same thing that they were doing 20 years ago when I was in high school and they're working in the same place. And they're hanging out with the same people, telling the same jokes. And that's where they're at. And, stool. and you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Like, you can do that. You're not a bad person for that. Uh, but that's not leveling up. Uh, that's leveling out. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a, that's a flat line kind of thing right yeah. there. And so, and so why would somebody, like, if you're in a comfortable life, let me ask you this question. If you're comfortable, like, like our friends back home, mm-hmm. if you're comfortable and it's a good life for you, what would be a compelling reason to step outside of that comfort zone and decide, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't want this anymore. I want to level up. I want, I want to ascend. Why would somebody do that if they're, you know, reasonably comfortable in their life? I don't think anybody would, if they're comfortable in their life. I think that's the key right there. If you're not comfortable in your life, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to step up or you're going to give up. Mm. And when you step up, you're willing to do the hard. When you, when you fall back and you quit, there's something in you that is not ready to do the hard. Mm. Tell me more about that. Well, there's a lot of fear in doing the hard. I mean, there's a lot of fear. And some people are willing to succumb to the hardship of not doing the hard rather than being brave and going through the unknown, the unforgiving, the challenging of who you are, what you believe, how you think, how you feel, the possibility that somebody's going to criticize you, somebody's going to judge you openly. 
um, even yourself, like holding yourself accountable. There are people that make changes and they're like, I don't know why the hell I didn't do this years ago. Mm. It wasn't that bad. And sometimes, you know, we fear the anticipation of something more than the actual event. And so if, if you don't like where you are and you decide not to do anything about it, you're going to hate where you're going to stay. Mm. That's right. You know, I, uh, it reminds me, I, uh, because I'm from, from Kentucky and, uh, tobacco was, uh, abundant there. Mm-hmm. Um, cigarettes were really cheap and they were <laughs> everywhere and nobody really cared if you were yeah. 18 or not, you know? Uh, and so I started smoking, uh, as a teenager and I did that for the better part of 20 years. Like, I don't know how much of my life that took off you know, but we'll, we'll find out soon. But, uh, it was one of those things that eventually by the time I hit 30, I actually just, I didn't like it. I'm only doing this because it seems like that's the kind of person that I am. I guess this is the person I'm going to be and not going to change it. Can't change it. Oh, you know, I wish I could be like those people that didn't need a cigarette you know, and, and then just right on cue with what you're talking about a few more years go by. And I actually started hating where I was. Mm -hmm. I hated the fact that I smelled bad. I hated the fact that I had to go outside every, you know, once or twice an hour, you know, I, I started hating it. It was like, this is disgusting. And it just got to this point where I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to quit not because of any societal pressure or, you know, dating some girl that didn't like the way I smelled, but it was for me. Like, you know what? I'm tired of being in this place that I don't like, and I'm tired of resenting myself and I'm just going to quit. Yep. And as soon as I made that decision, it was like, it wasn't that you, you said this anticipation, this fear is this uh, of the anticipation. Here's the craziest thing, Brenda. And and, and I know that you'll pull this back to a business use case. So I'm just going to drop it out there because I, I believe in you. Okay. Here's the biggest, here's the craziest thing about stopping smoking is I spent 20 years afraid that I wouldn't be able to handle like the withdrawals and the cravings and all this stuff. And that lasted less than three weeks. It lasted less than three weeks. At the three week mark, I'm like, why in the hell did I do that for 20 years? so that I could avoid this three weeks of discomfort. How many years of my life did those three weeks cost me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like selling. It's not my thing. I'm an integrator. I'm an ops person by nature. I'm the person that's mechanically inclined. I have, I'm visionary as well, right? I'm very much a visionary person, but I'm the person that can come up with something with a wrench and a screwdriver and a hammer tear it apart, put it back together. It works just fine. Like it did before. And there's no spare parts, right? I I have this ability to see the path from one to the other. I'm very decisive. (laughs) I'm very decisive, whether it's the right decision or not. And I, and I'm pretty good at at thinking through all of those things. Right. But I don't always hit the mark every single time, just like everybody else. I'm human, but I don't like selling, but I can't, not, I can't move anything forward if I'm not also on board with selling. And I love business development. 
I do. And so it's not so much selling as it is closing. That's what I don't like. Hmm. Because for me, it's like, make a freaking decision, will you? <laughs> Yeah, right. and by the way it needs to be in our favor over here you know yeah so I, yeah i got shit to do right yeah exactly exactly and so part of my leveling up right now i've got four four people that do business development for my little fiefdom that i have my little enterprise that i'm building over here my empire mm-hmm. and um to level us up and get us to where we need to be I have to jump on the bandwagon and I have to get, I have to be part of the selling formula now. I don't Mm -hmm. like it. And I told every single one of them, you need to fire me. (laughs) And they're like, what? And I said, you need to fire me from selling. So that means one of two things, either they're going to be seven times better than me because I'm driven just because it's my business. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I bring in more people so I can back out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, so right now I'm contemplating both actually. What do I do? Do I, do I motivate these guys to sell and fire me or do I, do I bring in more people so that I can get fired? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, Hey, hey, just make a decision already. Come on. I know. Right. (laughs) But it's a, but it's a strategic one because whatever I exhaust my time in, I have to think clearly on it. Either I can exhaust my time and sell and be part of, you know, scaling up, or I can bring somebody in, spend the time. And even though I've been recruiting and interviewing people for freaking ever, am I, I'm still at risk of not bringing in the right person that is capable of delivering. So they may have delivered somewhere else, but they may not be capable of delivering this, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a risk either way to my ability to level up. So that's why I'm in no rush to make the wrong decision, but I still know that I have to make a decision. It's one of those things where you you know when it's time. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, that's... I'm going to back that off a couple of steps. You don't, you don't always know when it's time because we're as human beings, we're seeking this 100% certainty before we walk out of the cave. We went hundred percent certainty that there are no saber tooth tigers around. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot get that hundred percent certainty because we're in a cave. We can't see everything, right. but we can see everything in front of us. And so we can get like a reasonable certainty and like, you know what? I feel like this is probably the direction that we need to go. I'm not hundred percent sure, but that's good enough because if we wait for that hundred percent certainty, that never comes, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I've seen that situation so many times where, uh, you know, I think I need to do a little more research. I think I need to gather a little more information. I think I need to blah, 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 blah. But actually what you're doing is you're just, you're actually just harming your future potential by standing still. And so the other, but, but what I will say is there's a balance because you're going to have a pretty good idea of when it's time to make that decision. And, and it won't feel a hundred percent. It won't feel super comfortable, but you're like, "Ah, this is going to suck for a minute, but it's the right call. Yep. And when you get there, that's the, that's the sweet spot. Like, I think this is the right call, even though it's going to suck, 
that's yeah. when you know you're going the right direction. Yep. I would agree with you on that one. And that's what level of leveling up is all about. It's about recognizing that that sweet spot between the gap of I'm not ready and I'm 100% ready. There's this kind of like that little gooey zone, recognizing that zone. That's where all the progress happens. All yes. your progress happens in that one little margin. And, you know, there's something to it, too. There's something, another element, too, that we're not really calling out just yet. And that is, you know, I mean, like, you can try a lot of different things. And in the process of working through that, you may get this feeling, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But you know you're supposed to, like, for, I'll give you for instance. But it, so when I was still practicing HR, I was coaching and consulting or trying to to HR professionals. Well, I know there's a need for what I had to offer. Um, I've known it for a very long time. However, the target doesn't have money to spend. They don't know how or won't ask their bosses for money to spend on their development. And it gets very frustrating. So even though I was working towards building a coaching program and I did have some people in it, I always knew in the pit of my gut, this was not the right direction. So I shut it down. I got into the drone business for a completely, had nothing to do with HR. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, I wouldn't say it's early adopter, but it's like second stage early adopter, right? Um, it's like the group of people that buy the first, second round of Teslas, <laughs> uh -huh. been enough. that's yeah. me, right? The early, the early majority. The early majority, exactly. Right. You know, oh my gosh, you know, you know the terminology. You know exactly yep. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yep. I'm, the late I'm majority, majority. The, right. the laggards, I'm majority. And, yeah. yeah, I'm early majority in the in the drone industry. Um, I'm certainly in the early adopter when it comes to building a range to practice in. So, um, but now that I'm doing the drone biz coach and teaching drone operators or people who have a passion for flying their drones and they want to make money off of it. I know this is the right thing. Like I feel it. I didn't have the same feeling when I was working with HR pros. And so it's easy for me to step into the arena and take the risk and feel everything that I feel knowing that after just talking to a handful of people and already kind of demoing some of my stuff, that proof of concept is, exists. And now all I have to do is just get after it. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Knowing when it's time and having that confidence and it just, it comes to you and you feel like it's the right thing. So I think, I think it's brave to quit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what it is. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to walk away from this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Brenda, you got a, a really interesting, interesting brain there. So uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to crack open your skull and take a look at it. We're going to go through the do zone diagnostic. Are you ready? Yeah. Buyer beware. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So just rapid fire. First thing yep. comes to mind, same questions that I ask every single other guest. What's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Not failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. It Love just it. isn't. And what are, uh, what are some things you do to get back on track when you lose that focus? Ooh, well, I have accountability partners. Um, it's, it, first off, I, it's very rare that I get off track. If I get off track, it's because I'm trying something because 
what I'm working on isn't the right fit. But when I'm in, when I'm like I'm in flow right now, I know I'm moving in the right direction. It's easy for me to stay on track because I'm seeing the environment unfold in front of me in a positive way, right? Mm-hmm. When things aren't working for me, I get off track because I can see that they're not working for me. But I don't always, uh, I'm not always able to verbalize that or you know create the language the, for the emotion that I'm experiencing. I just know that something's off. Square peg, round hole feeling tells me that I'm off track. So then I try all these different things and then I wind up derailing. When I'm on pace, I'm on pace. Right. And that, that's a great lead into the next question, which is who is your support group and how do they keep you accountable? So I have three accountability partners. One of them is my coach with Apex. One of them is a Navy SEAL whose name is William Branham. We meet every week religiously we've been meeting every week religiously for two years now like i think we've only maybe missed five weeks and we bounce off where we are what we're doing how we're moving forward when we first started we were constantly giving each other ideas on what they should do now we're checking in saying this is where i am this is where i'm going this is what i'm doing this is this and we're like okay great what do you need from me nothing okay great love you bye hang up (laughs) you know but that's what we do that's how we stay on pace I called him a few weeks ago. I was just kind of fit to be tied because I had gotten some bad news. And I'm like, okay, I'm like literally in a panic. And he's like, I've never heard you in a panic before. I said, no, I'm in a panic. And he's like, I want you to do this, 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 this. That's what accountability people do. That's why that's why you have a support mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, just about ready to take on another uh, Apex brother of mine. We're going to do a biweekly call now. And I think he wants, I, I recommended it because he, he needs to think through some things. And I'm one of those people that can help him tear things apart and watch him successfully put them back together again. But he's got stuff that I can tap into as well. There's strengths that he has that I want to, you know, mine and I want to be able to bounce stuff off of him as well. Very well. And, uh, and how do you approach Brenda, a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? (laughs) <laughs> you just dive in and do it. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not worried about it. If you overthink it, you're going to like, I, I know somebody, all she does, she's literally planned her way out of business and not, not with an exit strategy. She has to plan and plan and plan and plan and plan and plan. And she's like, I don't know. She says, I don't feel like I'm getting the right formula. I'm like, well, have you tested any of this? She goes, no. I'm like, then why are you even coming here doing networking? I said, you're not even selling what you're planning on. I said, honey, you got to take, you got to take action. I mean, you don't have to be like me. Let's just go screw it. And you just jump in. But I mean, it's like, you can't be the opposite of me to where you plan yourself to death because you're never going to launch. And that's exactly what happened. She wound up closing her business because she was bummed out. She didn't get any sales, but she wasn't out there even selling anything because she was trying to create the perfect model Mm. and it doesn't exist. No, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I have some comments on that here in a minute, but uh, what's the last question? What's the number one pro tip that you would give to somebody looking to get more stuff done in less, less time? Tell people to go away. Tell people to go away. Seriously. If it's, if it's something, if it's something that they can handle on their own, they need to handle it. If it's something that they, if it's, if it's an, your, your position as a business leader is to help people remove their obstacles. 
And when I had my teams, I told everybody, I said, listen, I trust you to do your job. Even my guys today, I trust you to do your job. I don't care where you are, what you're doing and how you're doing it within reason, so long as the job gets done. I'm good with that. I'm here to remove your obstacles. Past teams that I've had, I literally had to tell people, I am not a babysitter and I am not here to manage your relationships at work. Y'all are adults. I need you to figure it out. If it doesn't figure out, then one or both of you is just going to have to make the decision to head on out of here because I do not have time for this. I'm not going to manage squabbling adults. Yeah. So step up or step out. And they got it eventually. Like the people that, and it, and it formed a very, it was a hard way of doing it, but it formed a very cohesive team because everybody knew what my expectation was. When they performed, man, we had a great time. Like everybody felt that they were pouring value in. And this was a team that I adopted. It wasn't like a team that I got to start from fresh. Like what I did in the drone business. It's like, I get to pick who I, I get to pick and groom who I have coming in. But when I have somebody that's like, well, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? I'm like, you're in this role. This is completely up to you. You, this is why you're being compensated to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Fire me out of your project. Yep. I love it. Fire me. Yeah, I, your job is to fire me. That's right. Your job is to fire me and make so, it work. So, so tell us, Brenda, you've, you've mentioned this drone business. You've mentioned some HR. What is your focus right now? What are you, what are you uh, really passionate about working on right now? <laughs> There's three things I'm working on. They're all in the drone industry. Um, you know, I am a government contractor, so we are pursuing training opportunities with law enforcement, with first responders, and with uh, forensic technicians. So we've got classes that are rolling out this fall. Uh, finally got a schedule together and a place to do it at. The second thing is, is that I, I'm an operating partner at a drone range. So we have 144 acres that um, a wide variety of businesses, government entities, they can come on in and actually have a place with unrestricted airspace because it's really kind of, there really isn't a lot in this area that allows us to do that. Like we have very restricted airspace out here. We got air, eight airports that overlap each other within that five mile radius. So it's very difficult out here. Um, you know, we're just south of uh, Washington, DC. They also have even more restrictive airspace up there. So it gives people an opportunity and a place to, to do what they need to do in the best interest of this country. And then, um, and then I'm just coming up here, actually this weekend, we are kicking off, uh, are starting to slow, slow launch a drone biz coaching uh, and training program. Interesting. Teach people what how, those who have a passion for flying drones, how to make money and be good at okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. fascinating. I've never heard of that before. That there's, there's not a lot. I have. That's, that's your really early adopters. See anything. Yeah, I'm an early adopter. I'm like, I'm happy about that. But um, I have yet to see anything to this magnitude that I'm putting together. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's awesome. And and so what, what caused you to make that shift towards this drone business versus what you had been doing before? Well, first off, I didn't like what I was doing anymore before. I started to not like being in HR and, um, you know, there's a, there's a 
and I'll be completely honest with you, there's a an air of negativity heading towards HR now more so than ever. And a lot of people don't really understand what HR does. And I got tired of people coming up to me honestly and asking for help. And then I would tell them like, well, this is what I would recommend doing. And then they look at me like a three-headed dragon that can turn people into pillars of salt. So, um, you know, I went from for many years being appreciated to now it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Why would I ever want to think about doing that? Because you're telling me I can't do something. I'm like, oh, I'm not telling you can't do something. I'm telling you how to do something so you don't find yourself in a very expensive situation. So it, it just kind of got to the point where now I'm done, you know, and but the bigger reason and, and I was looking for something. But the bigger reason is, is that I have um, a father who has Alzheimer's. And um, the truth of the matter is, is that he did not plan for his long term as well as I think he thought he did. <clears throat> and it's now up to me to figure out how do I how do I do that? Because growing older is more expensive than having babies and starting families. Mm. I promise you. So when we talk about getting ready for your long term, your long term care, when you have no concept of what's going on in the world and you are trapped in your own mental health, you are completely left up to strangers and pray to God that you don't go through some of the things that we have seen in this industry through this process, because it's appalling. There's a lot of really good people out there that are taking care of people like my family. However, there's a lot, there's even more people out there who are not. So it's yeah. unfortunate. It's very yeah. sad. I understand. Um, so uh, as far as your, your drum business, who, who would be a, a good candidate for this? Uh, people, people who are looking to make money flying their drones around, uh, who, who's a good candidate for that? How do you even do that? Well, really honestly, a good candidate is somebody who just has that drive, you know, has that interest that somebody that wakes up one day and says, Oh, Hey, you know, I wonder if I can make some money off this. Or I know I can make some money off of that. The question is you can, you can go online and you can research what everybody is saying and that start a bank account, you know, create a business plan, which nobody teaches you how to do it. Um, you know, figure out your funding, which nobody has. <laughs> you start, you know, if you want a small fortune, start with a big one. There's your tip. <laughs> um, you know, they don't really teach you about how social media works, how you get out of your own way. And when you're starting a business, you are alone. Mm. You know it. Oh, I know. You are alone. And you are alone when you are building your business and you are own when you are at the top of your business. So why not have a community of people that understand the pain and the pressure that you're going through? And then kind of you get to wrap yourself in a like-minded environment with other entrepreneurs. And so on top of the actual course, um, anybody finished with the course will be invited to join a community and actually mastermind after that. That's awesome. Specifically for people who are in the drone industry, because it's, it has its own unique flavor, just like real estate has its own unique flavor. And that can be subdivided too. the difference between residential real estate and commercial real estate. They each have their own flavor. So, you know, how do we take the things that those of us who are experienced entrepreneurs and help people in a niche environment, but this is going to be an exploding niche. There's still a lot of blue ocean in drones, a lot of blue ocean. Yep. I, and, and me taking my 
taking my staunch position in the late majority of everything. I don't even own a drone. I've never even touched a drone. And so <laughs> once, once my grandma gets a drone, then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get a drone. Yeah. <laughs> they have drones that actually lift up in your house to go do certain things in your home. Those I things believe. exist. Yeah. Yeah. I believe the Jetsons that have just arrived. like sci-fi to me, man. It, yeah. it, the Jetsons are here, man. I'm telling you. And so, so where can our audience go if they want to learn more about you or about drones or about any of the other cool stuff that you've done? So if they want to learn about the drone course and the, um, and the environment that I'm in the process of creating, which will literally is rolling out here in the next several weeks, uh, they can go to dronebizcoachacademy.com. If they want to find out a little bit more about me, I'm in the process of restructuring my website. So it may look a little disorganized, but my website is brendaneckbottle.com. Okay. Got it. Brendaneckbottle.com. And what was it? One more time. Drone biz coach. Drone biz coach academy.com. Drone biz coach academy.com. Excellent. Cool. Well, Brenda Neckbottle, thank you very much for coming on here and being our guest and sharing what it's like to get stuff done and, and some of the words of wisdom that you provided to us. Uh, for those of you who are interested, you can connect with Brenda by going to brendaneckvital.com or dronebizcoachacademy.com to learn more about uh, opening your own drone business. Uh, if you are a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go do something already. See you next time.